You're listening to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans. My name is Matt Markson. I'm the host of the show. And no matter where you are, no matter how you may be listening, thank you for making the show part of your day. I hope that you enjoy it. The World Cup is well underway. Hopefully you enjoyed England's victory over Tunisia 2-1. to Harry Kane uh, managing to score two goals. Um, what seemed like the only two plays where he wasn't driven into the ground, tripped, kicked, pulled, uh, body slammed, or some other WWE-type move. Um, and Tunisia did just about everything they could to make sure that England didn't get over the line, but they did it. Um, granted, a 2-1 win over Tunisia isn't the best thing in the world, but uh, you'll take it as a start, especially given some, what some of the other favorites have done uh, in their opening game. So still lots and lots to play for. In fact, um, Japan and Poland still haven't even played a match, so we haven't seen Yoshida or Bednarak on the field yet. Uh, Tadic was involved uh, in Serbia's 1-0 win, uh, and of course Cedric was involved in that 3-3 draw with Spain. Um, and, and so far, as someone who doesn't have a team in it, with the United States not in it, with Italy not in it, uh, with Norway not in it, which is all where my family is from, um, it's just been it's just been fun to watch. And so uh, I am enjoying it, and I hope you are too, and hopefully a little bit more now that England has won, as many of the listeners are from the UK. But in addition to the World Cup going on, there are other things happening. Uh, this past weekend in the United States, uh, in, in addition to several other places around the world where people listen to this show, uh, was Father's Day. So if you are a father, happy Father's Day. Uh, if you have a father uh, and you celebrate Father's Day and, and you have that relationship where you can tell them that, I, I hope that you enjoyed it. Um, for me, it is uh, a special day. My family uh, really enjoys it. My wife uh, and my kids really enjoy the opportunity to that make me feel special, which they do every day, uh, but they make sure they do it on Father's Day as well. And uh, we had a good time over at my father-in-law's house, uh, just hanging out and being with him. Uh, and that was great. And I made sure I talked to my dad, uh, talked to my brother um, and all that. So if you are a dad, like I said, happy Father's Day. Uh, I hope that you had a great day. And uh, because of that, because it was Father's Day, um, I, I thought this was the appropriate uh, opportunity to bring on uh, Steve and Dan Jarvis. You can find them on Twitter at Steve Jarvis SFC and at Dan Jarvis SFC 91. Um, Steve is the father. And um, as a result of an accident, he has uh, his vision is impaired and it has been that way since before Dan was born. And so that in their relationship with saints and how that all kind of plays out is kind of what we talk about. Um, you may be familiar with Steve and Dan. Uh, if not, I hope I encourage you to get to know them. Um, they are, they're great guys. They were willing to talk about all kinds of, uh, of things. And, uh, the conversation kind of goes all sorts of, of places, but it's all centered around states. It's all centered around, um, them going to matches and them spending time together. Um, which in some ways is, is a lot of what I remember about being a kid with my dad is, is centered around baseball, is centered around whether it's around the TV uh, or at games or, or playing or coaching or whatever. Um, that's something that my dad and I are always going to have. And uh, it sounds to me like that's something that Steve and Dan are always going to have. And, and I'm just thankful for that. They chose to share uh, a little bit about their lives, a little bit about their relationship with Saints uh, with us, with you, uh, with me, uh, and allow me to share it with you, I guess. And in addition to that, we'll talk a little bit about the team and all that stuff. But uh, basically, this uh, is about a father and a son. And, and I hope that you uh, enjoy the conversation. Uh, I talked to them via Google Hangouts on Saturday morning, or Saturday afternoon in the UK, Saturday morning, my time. And I just kind of tried to have a conversation with them about, um, you know, their relationship and saints. So I hope uh, you find it enjoyable. Uh, if not, you know, try again next week. Um, but yeah, so we'll, we'll go ahead and get on to that now. Uh, like I said, I hope that you enjoy it. 
And uh, here are Dan and Steve Jarvis, um, season ticket holders, Saints fans, um, all of that. We'd like to welcome to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, uh, Dan and Steve Jarvis. Uh, you can find them on Twitter at Dan Jarvis SFC 91 and at Steve Jarvis SFC. Uh, guys, welcome to the show. Hi, how are you doing? Hi, I'm, well. I'm, I'm, I'm all right. Um, and, and Father's Day is, uh, is upon us, and whether it's just passed by the time this has come out or if it's we actually get it out on Father's Day if I do my job the right way. Um, but we're here just to talk because you are father and son and and kind of both Saints fans. And, and I have some questions for you just about that. And I thought this was uh, an appropriate time to, to kind of get you guys on the show. So, uh, Steve, if we can start with you, um, how did you become a football fan? Well, I, I always, always enjoyed football as a, as a youngster. I uh, used to play football, uh, you know, watch football when I could. But uh, I didn't really take up following it as to a team, maybe perhaps when I got to about um, at the age of 10, 11. All right. Uh, and did you grow up in the Southampton area or were you from another part of the country or? Uh, from Bournemouth. <laughs> oh, well, it's better, than, it's better than the other option. Right, yeah. <laughs> so, cleansing. <laughs> so was there, was there a, a push from anybody close to you to, to kind of support Bournemouth or what, what brought on the, the Saints support for you? To be fair, a friend of mine at school, when I was at uh, the junior senior school, he brought in a Southampton program from about 1967. And I, I was reading the program and I thought, yeah, I, I like this program and the way it was set out and that. And I was really interested, keen then. And I thought, uh, yeah, I'm going to follow Southampton. So I, I just looked at the results and uh, it got to 76 and Saints were in the cup final. My stepdad was a Man U fan, and he said, oh, he said, Southampton had never beat United. He said, this, it just won't happen. I said, I reckon they'll win. And I said, I'll tell you something. If Southampton win that, I'll be a Saints fan forever. Of course. And here you are. So did you did you ever make it down to the Dell then, or, or no? I did, yeah. I left school in 79, and rather stupidly, well, not really that stupidly, but I joined the Army. And, of course, when I was on leave, I used to come home and I'd go off down and watch Saints at the Dow. But uh, I only spent six months in the Army, decided, now I don't think this is me. Came back home, and as I left the Army, Kevin Keegan had signed for Southampton, so that was even more of a bonus. Uh-huh. I was back to Bournemouth, and, uh, hey, wow. Like, and then I just used to keep going up to all home games, Obviously, I couldn't drive in those days, so I used to go down and watch Bournemouth when Saints were away. Then, of course, then I passed my test about a year after. And once, as soon as I had uh, a motor, I was away. And uh, the lads in Bournemouth, friends of mine, who were Saints fans, they said, oh, you go into the match? Too right, yeah. And so we used to just go off to the away games. And so when, when Dan comes along... How did how did you make sure that he was a Saints fan? Was it was it difficult? Did he give you any trouble, or was he pretty easy in that in that regard? Pretty easy, really. He followed. He was was always interested in what Saints were doing, and because uh, obviously he was still young and he, he wasn't going then. But uh, then we we had a bit of a laugh because Tim Flowers went uh, off to Blackburn, and Dan looked and said he sort of changed his allegiance. Allegiance then, because uh, Tim Flowers had gone to Blackburn. Uh, but, uh, you know, Saints have beat Blackburn and I'd rub it in. And it wasn't on the down. Yeah, no, it did. Before we back to Saints. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think as a, as a young, I mean, my dad's a, a big Dodger fan, and a Los Angeles Dodger fan. And so I remember going to, to Dodger games, uh, I wouldn't say a lot, but maybe two or three times a year. And mm. it was always, for us, it's like a three, three and a half hour drive. And it's, it's a full day excursion every time. And so I remember going and you sit and it's in the sun and there's like, it's just this kind of long kind of day. And I remember at some points, you know, falling asleep in the car on the way home, falling asleep in the parking lot, all kinds of weird, weird, but those are, those are memories that I will kind of never forget. Um, and we still, that is still something that if we can on father's day or, or just anytime we can, uh, we will still go to the game and it doesn't matter kind of, uh, I was explaining to you guys my parents were divorced and, uh, there's, there's a weird kind of thing between me and my dad and my brother. But when we go to the baseball game, it's always, 
you know, we can just put everything else aside and just kind of focus on that. And that's something that, uh, you know, I don't think is ever going to change, but, um, mm. Dan, what do you remember about those early encounters uh, going going to matches and, and seeing the team and things like that? Um, I think so. My first game, what well, I was six, wasn't I? I, think. I was against Aston Villa. Yeah, Aston Villa. Oh. We typically lost the game one nil, one nil. I'm right at the death. Um, but yeah, I just, I just, I've got this mental image of, of the Dell. It was just, you know, I, I love St Mary's, but it was just like hostile, wasn't it? It was so. Mm. Like the the sides, you know, the stands, they were so sort so of tied to, to the pitch. Yeah. yeah, and it just, I don't know, as a, as a kid as well, we used to um, make a lot of noise. Well, that, I still do that now. But, um, yeah, it just, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, um, it just seems so big, even though it was, what, 17,000, 18,000 seater? That's right. Um, it just, as a kid, it seemed, you know, massive. I just remember the first time, like, walking. Wow. Walking, yeah, walking down the slope in, because we used to sit, um, Behind the uh, dugout, that's right. The um, yeah, like on like a snowy or rainy day, it would steam up, and you, you wouldn't be able to see a thing. So you'd literally only be able to see the action at um, you know both ends. But in the middle of the pitch, it was just yeah, it was guesswork what was going on. Um, but I remember little things like not the games as much because obviously I was so young. Um, but I remember things really obscure things like I remember once James Beattie was because um, we were literally. Was, as I say, like a stone throw away from you know, the players and managers. Um, and I remember he was just about to come on and he was uh, getting sort of his kit ready. And I saw him like roll his sock down. I thought, what's he doing? And he pulled out like a five pound note and then handed it to one of, the, one of the kids. And, you know, he was just, that made his day. I don't know whether it was like a luck thing or I'll have to tweet him about that. Um <laughs> But yeah, and and another thing as well, at school we were playing Leeds, and um, I remember Harry Kuehl, uh came on for Leeds. Yeah, and he had a, he just, I saw him stuff something in his mouth before he ran on. I thought, weird. Anyway, so at the end of the game, when all the players had gone, we were just about to leave the stadium. I looked across at, at the bench, and there was like this pack of jelly babies, where it was obviously sugar rush before he went on the pitch, but I was regretting not you know, picking up the jelly babies. I could have flogged them on eBay or something probably. There's a, there's an American football player who is now, I think he's retired, but he, he would eat Skittles on the sideline, like before every play. Yeah. yeah. And just, and right. you know, everybody makes a, a big, the media will make a big deal of anything if they find out about it, you know, just they'll, they'll hold on to it and use it when they, when they can. But, um, it was, uh, I think, I think it was Skittles and he would just use it kind of for that. Like you said, that, that sugar rush and, it's something yeah. that was that made a headline and went away, and uh, but every time I see his face on a commercial, that's what I think of. But uh, yeah, great marketing point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, Steve, your vision's been is impaired at the at this point. Um, how, if I can, how did that happen, or when did that happen? Well, I had a motor, motorbike accident back in 1984. Um, it's about fortunate, but uh, it happened, and I was in a coma for uh, what 71 days. When I came back round, I couldn't see, and unfortunately, that's how it was. I mean, I, I couldn't see anything at all in the early days. I've got a bit of vision back, which uh, the optic nerve was bruised, and the part of the nerve that was bruised rehealed, thus giving me a little bit of vision back, which isn't fantastic. I mean, it's enough really for light and day. Um, I can pick out some colours and bits and pieces, but uh, I don't actually see anything of the of the football game. Which was a good thing last season. <laughs> <laughs> well, you would have seen, you know, a bus and then uh, the ball occasionally getting through the bus and into the Argyle quite frequently, actually, uh, and us occasionally getting out of our own way and out of our own area, and that that's about it. Um, I but, did pick the referee or the linesman in the black kits of, uh, back, back then. So but, you can uh, wave your stick at them. <laughs> so... Steve, how how does that how does that change the way you 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 kind of take in the match? Because for me, you know, when I, I I've been to one match live, that's uh, that one Southampton match live, and it was at West Ham away last season, which wasn't a, a great day. Um, but I do remember the just the noise coming, kind of you know, you get through the turnstile and everybody's kind of having having a beer and talking. It's loud, and then. Yeah you know, you think like, okay, it can't be any louder than this in the stadium. And then you kind of, you cross that threshold where you get the stands, you know, you walk 
from there you kind of walk underneath the the top tier and as i came through that it was just so loud and i, I the, the the sound for me is what really stood out was that it was all encompassing and the west ham fans were angry at that point uh, at, at their own team and at their own management and so they were there and obviously southampton fans we weren't that happy either but even before the match but um you know how how does how does having your vision impaired kind of change the way you you take in the game, I guess. Well, to be fair, you know, you, you obviously have lost my sight, but uh, my hearing is, is that much more acute now because you have to use it. And I think that, uh, as you've just said, with all the noise of the crowd, it's, it's such a buzz, uh, obviously, especially if it's your fans, um, you know, obviously it's, it's a bit more to sing about. Um, and, and Dan, what, what about you? Like what, um, you know, what's a typical match day like for, for for you two, if you go together, what is that? What does that day look like uh, from the time kind of you leave maybe the house to to kind of get into the stadium and, and all that? Yeah, so we um, so we'll go for home game, shall we? Yeah, <laughs> explain the home game. Sure. Yeah, I think that happens most. Um, yeah, so we what? So we um, obviously you know normal morning just uh, coffee, tea. That's right. Have a bit of lunch and then leave leave the house about half twelve, don't we? Uh-huh. Midday. Um, because we, we also we live just over an hour away, isn't it, from Southampton? Are you guys are you guys in Salisbury? Yeah, yeah. yeah the Russian spies and another truck and all that fun. Drove through there once on the way to, to Stonehenge and then drove through uh, there very quickly on the way back. Um you have a massive roundabout in the middle, which uh I think I went around like four times trying to get off on the right exit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're not the only one. I okay. wouldn't worry. Don't go to Swindon, they got seven roundabouts. Uh, uh, I, I was not prepared. That's, you know, obviously we drive on the opposite side of the road from you guys. The, the steering wheel is yeah. on the opposite side. And that was the weird part. I could have taken the, uh, the opposite side of the road, but the steering wheel being on the other side of the car just freaked me out. And then uh, we don't, we have roundabouts here, but never on, on a highway or anything like that. And so that was just like, I had no idea. I was not prepared for that. That, that was a, it was, it was a, I was looking at my wife going like, why did you make me do this? Why are we doing this? But it was, it's all right. But anyway, um, yeah, sorry, I interrupted you. No, that's okay. No, that's fine. Um, yeah, so we leave half half twelve. Um, you know, drive, um, drive down, say about an hour, hopefully. Um, if the traffic's not too bad, um, which it always is. Um, Southampton's Southampton Road to mm-hmm. drive in as well. Yeah, Southampton Road in Salisbury, and then yeah, there's just so many traffic lights in Southampton. It's just not you know. They should be driving for about two minutes and stopping again. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no. So we we park at the um, train station um and walk which is about a mile walk about mile it is just about probably getting on yeah. a quarter maybe but yeah um, so we is it we, southampton central yeah uh-huh. yeah, yeah okay, okay i made we made that yeah. walk so yeah okay that's good familiar <laughs> um but yeah so we walk up i don't know i mean you might have even walked this way did you get to the um was it the women's game we did yes yeah, so we we sort of we walk up through obviously the the um, city centre past the Solent University, um, and then in we access literally it goes takes you straight to um, the Just north to, to the north uh-huh. yeah to sure the part of St Mary's um, over the railway bridge. Uh-huh. Uh, so we walk in through there, get to our seats. Normally about what probably half half two. Hopefully, well, yeah, um, you know, we probably we might go in the shop and then yeah, walk we generally have water, water, water in the ground, don't we? Yeah, like the last day of last season, they were handing out free chocolates, so <laughs> managed to get more than I should have, but swapping at loads of different points. Um, just doing a few circles of the ground. Um, but yeah, then, yeah, we mostly get to see. Um, I'll be on Twitter at two where normally join the walk up or if I'm stuck in traffic, which I shouldn't do, but do anyway, just to um, check the lineups. We'll discuss that. If we've got a bit more time, we might, I don't know, pop in, pop in a pub for a drink um, for the game. But yeah, then, then we're in our seat. And, well, I say in our seat, stood up in front of the seat because uh, that's the normal. That's um, right. Yeah, then, further up. yeah, 20 minutes or so yeah. to wait and then, yeah, ready, ready for the game. Yeah. All right. Um, and so you guys have season tickets then, or? Yeah, we're both season scouters. Yeah. And Northern, Northern Stand. That's correct, yeah. All right. All right. That's, uh, that's the good one. It's uh, out right here. That's the museum. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we, we used to sit over in the itching stand in the disabled section, 
But uh, there was a lack of atmosphere there. And I thought, we've done it for a long time. And I, I said to Dan, I said, we've just got to go where the atmosphere is because I said, I just like to sing. And I, I wanted to G the rest of the lads over at the itching to, to, you know, to join in. But uh, I think perhaps they were so busy concentrating on their radio commentary and that and didn't really sort of sing. So we moved uh, three three seasons now. Yeah, yeah, that's what this would be. Yeah, four seasons now, but uh, the Northern... Because we were originally um, sat at the front of the Northern, weren't we? But we uh-huh. moved back because, again, well, one thing is, obviously, as I'm sure you know, Northern's um, where everyone stands, um, but about 11, 12 rows back, um, the stewards are really... Uh, like vigilant, aren't they? Yeah. With, with the standing, they'll make like the first 10, 15, 15 rows, rows sit down. Sit down yeah, yeah, but everyone else at the back can stand know, up. I know, it's like, well, surely it should be the same for everyone, but anyway, <laughs> uh, I don't know why they don't just introduce uh, safe, safe, safe standing, standing to the list. Um, yeah. It would, you know, <laughs> just get rid of the problem. Um, but yeah, so we moved to the back of, back of the Northern, and yeah, you get, you know, some people think it's not. Was great because well the view wise because you know but you're behind the goal but being up high you can see yeah. everything unfold sure. um, I think you see the game a lot better um, and I think sort of since uh, since, uh, since going to the away starting to go to away games that really made me want to get across there because away games like the atmosphere is so good when you're mm-hmm. you know sat in a quiet stand in St Mary's so, you know chapel well definitely chapel or, or parts of each and um it's you know it's just it's, it's not the same not the same at all it's just more like being in a library when you know saying like, oh, that's going on in front of you you should be getting excited about it but excuse me this is St Mary's not hybrid yeah yeah <laughs> Um, so Steve, you mentioned that, that, you know, you, you wanted to get out of there, uh, of the, uh, the itching kind of because of the atmosphere and because you like to sing and is it, I mean, is it almost like a different experience being over in the other stand now? The, 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 just the way the, the game feels, I guess, or the way. Yeah, I think it, it definitely gives it a different perspective because the fans, they're, they're a lot noisier up at the Northern and it's just nice to, to join in with them. And I just feel well. We both do. I mean, we're, we're you're you're a real part of the club there. And I, I I've always said it. I think that uh, the Northern stands the heart of St Mary's. That's where the noise comes from. Yeah, you hear it from others other sections across the ground, but uh, mainly it's the Northern. And yeah, and you're right next to the away fans as well. Sure. So when when it's going good. Sometimes I think that happens. Yeah. Um, it's always fun to wind up the away fans. So, yeah. 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 That's part of it. And sure. it's, yeah. It's all, I mean, I think that's all part of it. Like, and I think everybody knows that when you're an away fan and you show up, you, you expect either abuse or to give it, uh, if, if it goes the other way. So, mm-hmm. um, you guys had quite an interesting story. Uh, uh, Dan, you called in to the show, um, I guess it's a few months ago. I think right when Hughes was hired, um, and you hadn't—is that right? Is that yeah, yeah, yeah that's what it was. There. Okay, so, um, and you had quite an interesting story about your guy about an away day, um, getting up to a match. If you want to kind of tell me a little bit about that, is that not, obviously it's not a typical away day because he had the snow and all that other stuff. But um, is that is that the most memorable away day you guys have had in, in some time? Definitely up there in recent yeah, memory, isn't it? I would say that was an absolute yeah. nightmare. I mean, mum was worried sick. She didn't want me to drive. I thought, I'm not going to be there. You know, she was on the TV. That's not the point. It's not the same, is it? So, yeah, somehow, I don't quite know how we made it there and back. Because um, the roads were dreadful. Yeah, you awful. couldn't even sit. Especially where we live. We're, you know, based in a real rural area. And, you know, you couldn't even see the road. It was guesswork, complete guesswork. We were near... Um, it was near Swindon, wasn't it? Because uh-huh. um, it was me, my dad, and my girlfriend Meg. Um, we we all went up for that particular game, and uh, in Swindon, um, <laughs> it was funny. I'll never forget that. So I had Meg next to me in the front, and Dad in the back of the car, and um, all of a sudden, we're trying to get up this hill. There was loads of like these, you know, posh Audi cars that were stuck because they were front wheel drive. Um, I think that's right. Uh-huh. Um, and then I was really smug. Yeah, and we're powering on. Then we got stuck. Um, and 
I, I thought that was it. I thought, you know, we're literally only about an hour, hour and a half into our journey. We're nowhere near Lancashire yet. Literally not even like a quarter of the drive. <laughs> um, I thought this isn't good. So Meg actually got out and pushed the car. Dad was sat in the back just reading, was, book. reading his Braille book, completely unaware what was going on. <laughs> we're stuck here. We're, I'm trying to, you know, outline the, how bleak the situation was. But he just carried on reading his Braille. <laughs> Like nothing, you know, nothing. Oh, we'll move, we'll so move. Casual, yeah, and I'm there panicking. Oh no, you know, no one's going to kill us. We've tried to get there, done all that, no reason. But yeah, no, we, well, as I say, Meg hopped out and pushed pushed us. Um, whilst I was obviously working the accelerator, and Dad continued reading. Uh, probably wouldn't have been a great idea, actually, to have you pushing it. No, you no, probably ended up in a different county. Um, but yeah, so you did with me. Yeah, but we, um, yeah, we got up there. Obviously, it was a great, great day out, a great result. Um, unbelievable. I thought the way things were going, you could see we can progressing, couldn't you? Yes, really, you could. Um, but it's funny that that day after the after the games, where we somehow managed to, well, I say we. Dad's got a good excuse. I couldn't find the car. Um, I couldn't remember where I parked it. We were looking around for ages. We ended up. You know, asking Wigan fan, wasn't it? Wigan right. and there's a couple of kids and they're really lovely people trying to help, but they couldn't help. And eventually, um, Meg you know, walked off looking for it. So I just up here, it's up here. It's like, no, it's not. We're not going there. She walked out, it was there. So if, if I hadn't actually listened to her, I don't tend to, but if I hadn't at that time, I think we'd still be walking around Wigan now, to be honest. Um, but yeah, but so yeah, I think all time best away days, you were saying about. Um, Leeds, weren't you? That's right. Um, and you know, we went up there one 0 Ricky Lovett scored, and it was just um, an incredible, trip, incredible atmosphere walking away from the ground, knowing that we'd won at uh, Allen Road. But yeah. um, no, Kelvin Davis, um, he, he, well, he, he was a, elastic man that day, yeah, wasn't he? You know, he, everywhere that ball went, he was there. Yeah, he was. And then also we went across um, a couple of years ago, no, twenty-three now actually. Yeah, um, so, um, yeah, for the uh, Europa League uh, qualification game um, against Vitesse Arnhem in Holland. Um, and that, that was really good fun. A really long day, though, because we did it through the club um, and we basically busted it. So we got um, a boat over, didn't we? We got a sure. boat over from um, Dover, wasn't it? That's right. Yeah, we got a boat from Dover to France. Then we got back on our bus, um, bus right through France, through Belgium, um, then got to Holland and then you know, did it all the way back. Um, but yeah, that was very lengthy, but good because we won. I remember we, we, we won out there too. Yeah, one of the hottest days I can remember. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was amazing in the middle of Arnhem, you know, the Saints fans singing, dancing around, drinking out in the streets. <laughs> Even the, the um, Dutch fans, they were, we were partying with us, singing all sure. the Saints. They were just lovely people. Um, it, Saints flags hanging from them, you know, sort of. Um, well, verandas, I say, of sure. buildings and everywhere it was just red and white. In another country, it was it was really amazing. They had a DJ like in the middle of some random <laughs> place in Holland. That's and right. Playable footballs flying around. It was just carnage, but in a good way. Um, and yeah, we, it was one of the hottest days I can recall, especially watching football. That's right. Um, but yeah, we won it too. Now I remember we <laughs> we just gasping for a drink, weren't we? Yeah. And um, we got. We got at the hotel, had a few Heinekens, you know, went in Holland, as it goes. And he says, do you want the extra cold? Yeah, extra cold one. That sounds like a marketing ploy. I'm not convinced it was actually extra no. cold. Uh, but anyway, we bought it because it was beer. Um, and yeah, I remember we had quite a few that night, the next morning. Do you remember the all-you-can-eat breakfast? I was um, I was circling around to get my cereals, and I was completely unaware that I'd been pouring probably for a good, Worrying amount of time, really, when you think about it. But probably six, seven seconds, I've just been pouring the milk, the milk. on the floor, not not near the bowl. So <laughs> that's a lot of Heineken, apparently. It's <laughs> not a good combination. Skip the buffet breakfast, I think, next time, if that happens. Yeah. <laughs> but it was great with the fans out there, because the, they said, oh, we're going to beat you tonight. And yeah. we were already 3-0 up from the first leg. So it was almost like, well, yeah, but you've got to beat us. 4 0. No, you're not going to do that. So, you know, Pellerimani. Sure. We just thought, well, we know we're through. But, uh, you know, but again, then we won. So it was even better. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
is is going to like, is going to football games is that is that one of the things that kind of is that that is there a special bond there between you two is that something that you guys do and do you you know is that has it always been that way or or how you know I, I I'm not exactly sure how to how to phrase it but does that does that make sense yeah no so, yeah no you hit the nail on the uh-huh. head um, yeah it, definitely I think yeah like, growing up we we used to when I was younger, we used to clash quite a lot, didn't we? Um, we did. I, don't, I do yeah. wonder, like, yeah. if it was. I, I, I think it might be. Like thinking about it now, but now I'm older. Like, for the, you know, like the lack of your sight, obviously not the fault, but I think that might have caused you know, a bit of it might have caused a bit of friction. Maybe yeah, things, that's right. To do things uh-huh. together, but football yeah. is one thing that we can do. Together, that's right. We, you know, always will do. Yeah, I think. Well, yeah, if it wasn't for football, um, I'm not sure what we talk about to be honest. Uh, something else hopefully not quite as stressful um, but no it is yeah it's definitely um, brought us together you know something yeah. we've you know, as I said done it's definitely it's a bond isn't it yeah definitely you know, whereas as you said you know I mean, just tradition because of obviously when I opened sight you know when I was under a bonnet I was fixing cars and whatever and something I would have been able to show you but sort of now because Obviously, without us, I, I can't do no, that. No, it's a lot of so I've not been able to pass it on to. But no, exactly. Like, just, you know, like, you know, I was at school with other kids, like seeing them, you know, the, they'd be talking about, they did the dad, and yeah. A lot of things West, that I can't do now that no, I would have done. Exactly, I missed out on that. But sure, but at the end of the day, we have football, so that was sure. I'd prefer. So yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm going to have football. Sure, but, of course. Yeah, you but, know, but you've got to make the best of that job, I guess. Uh, really, yeah, haven't you? You know, without look to help. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I, I, as a kid, I always was um, was determined because obviously, um, for your your accident, you. Used to drive to lots of the away games, didn't you? Used to drive uh-huh. on, like rent minibus and take friends yeah, out that's there. True. And what was it? One particular story I remember you were driving, was it on the way to or way uh, back from Brighton and you'd had a hell of a lot of drink? Oh, I don't think you'd do that this day and age. Well, no. Um, well, well you, definitely not now. But. As long as you look, you know, you drive the car and, uh, and you drive it sensibly, yeah, it was okay. You know, whereas you get stopped now and they're breathalyzed, you're in trouble. But they didn't do that in those days. No. Uh, yeah, I, I, I always wanted, it was my goal, obviously, that probably the main reason I wanted to drive was so I could, um, you know, then well, bring that bring that ability back around and, you know, enable Dad to go to away games. Of course, I want to go to the away games as well. But um, as much as I, you know, I've been going since, since six Six-ish, uh-huh. um, but it wasn't really. I mean, I've always enjoyed it, but when I passed my driving tests and started driving in, what oh, I mean, well, I don't want to work that out. That'd be depressing. Um, <laughs> no, um, is that long ago? When I, well, I started when I was eighteen. When I, sure. I think, yeah, yeah, so well, that's when I really that was. I was hooked then. I was uh-huh. like, well, verging on obsessive, probably not healthily, um, <laughs> but yeah, I literally I, I couldn't. You know, once I've done one away game, I couldn't not go to the others. Yeah, sure. And that's really, you know, the trips we've done, the things we've done away games as well. And I think away games, I think not just the games themselves, but it seems to like the experience sticks with you more. I think because all the home games, they're just you know, samey, aren't they? Same sure. routine, which uh-huh. as great as that is, it's nice to you know see different parts of the country and yeah, you know, different experiences elsewhere. Uh, yeah, I think this is definitely a lot more than a game for for us and well, many other people too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, thank you for sharing that. I I hope that's okay that I that I yeah. asked. No problem. No thank you. Um, I, I guess uh, if we want to talk a little bit about you know maybe the coming season, I don't know if you guys are interested. I know we only have a few minutes. I don't want. I, I'm fine. Are you? Yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, yeah. a few I'm minutes. Okay. Up games not till two, so. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, going through the summer now, what would you, well, first of all, maybe what area of the, of the team do you think needs to, needs to be improved a little bit? Because we have to talk about the team at least a little bit, I think. Yeah, sure. I suppose. We, we've had our break, haven't we, now? Mm-hmm. Um, sort of, yeah. A little uh, bit rejuvenated. But sure. We've got to get back to it. I think uh, we could do, we, we definitely need to improve up front. 
Austin's potentially off. I don't think he will leave. Um, I mean, he's great when fit, but mm-hmm. you know he's very injury prone. That's right. You can, you know, it's such a shame because if he did stay fit, he's probably a twenty goal striker a season, sure. easy. You know, he's prolific, but he just can't stay fit. So well, we've obviously brought Carrillo in for what reason? I'm not sure. I mean, I, I almost feel sorry for him if anything because. You know, a lot of people have been given a lot of stick. Yeah, that's yeah, right. And it's not fair. We haven't really seen what he's, what he's, he's got to offer. Yeah, what he's got to offer. Because he hasn't really been given the it's opportunity. Not, it wasn't his no. fault, you know. Pellegrino, they, I think it was like a last roll of the dice on it. Mm. And Leslie... I've got to try to save my job. Yeah, he threw him some money. And he decided to, you know, put it on Carrillo. Um, and I hope that he, you know, sort of salvage the situation, mm. which he obviously didn't do, but... Yeah, yeah, it's not. You know, he was brought in at a very bad time. He's never played in England before, and I, I don't know. I, I saw flashes of him that I thought, you know, he might have something here. Um, but another area, I think, um, as well as strike, I think that is imperative is probably I'd say attacking mid- midfielder, um, sure. someone with a bit more creativity, because obviously the Buffalo experiment that doesn't seem to have worked. I think. You know, he's come out and run his mouth saying he wants to go back to France and play for Marseille. Quite frankly, why Marseille would want him, I'm not mm-hmm. sure. But, um, you know, he he's so frustrating because he's got all the ability in the world. That's right. He just shows it and he flashes, just, doesn't sure. he? Um, and he seems to be just like, I don't know, he's, I, was always, I always thought that he's better off the bench. Like, we went to Swansea a couple of years ago and we lost 2-1, but he came on for the last... Like 20, 25 minutes and, and that's really good game. brilliant yeah, yeah absolutely untouchable I thought you know why can't you do this consistently sure. um, but yeah especially if um, Tadic was to leave as well I think Ajax are interested in him I think quite a few teams are as, you know, as, sure. as frustrating as he can he, I do love him because probably more than the football it makes me laugh just literally he'll be anywhere on the pitch no matter what, if he's got the ball or not, it could be like the World Cup winning penalty and he'd still be waving his fans. It's, it's so strange. <laughs> I mean, it's nice because, it, well, it's kind of nice. You know, it's like, oh, that's nice. He appreciates us. But at the same sure. time, you're like, just please focus on the game. Yeah, just concentrate please. on what you're doing. We love and, you. Uh, you love yeah, us. Yeah, right. we get that. But yeah. at the end, just yeah. Yeah, keep your head on the pitch, please. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, as frustrating as he can be, he... Well, his statistics—they read, from, you know—they speak for themselves. Rather, he's got a great record when it comes to particularly assists. Mm-hmm. Not bad goal scoring yeah, record. Either, just we don't talk about penalty taking, but yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I think he would be a massive loss. Um, to be fair, I think a lot of people would be glad to see the back of him because um, you know he can be frustrating. Because yeah. again, he's—he's he, a brilliant player. He just doesn't do it. No. you know consistently enough and, and he falls over all the time which is annoying um, but yeah I, I definitely think if he went we'd have to um, pick someone else up with sort of a creative spark about them because I can't really think right mm-hmm. now with the team yeah who else sure, is going to bring about the, the chances sure. um, that need creating without without Tadic's you know um, so yeah mm-hmm. vision of a game is, mm-hmm. you know his, his slide rule passes that he threads through right we need someone of that ilk if he were to go. Well, I think it, it says something about him being him being the only player or only attacking player at the World Cup. You know, we have three yes. defenders. Um, you know, Bednarak, who we didn't really think who couldn't even get in our team for a while. Um, had that horrible performance up at Wolves where the whole team was bad. Um, oh, strong. but yeah, then they- came on strong at the end of the year. Uh, mm-hmm. unfortunate for the Polish team to have an injury to to Glick, but he looks like. Benrak may start the the match, and that's huge for him. Uh, Yoshida, who's kind of been a stalwart of that of that uh, Japanese defense for some time, but again, isn't maybe the the best of quality. And then and then Cedric, who had a decent game yesterday, did did just fine. Um, just uh, he he was on every Ronaldo's back, I guess, just like everybody else uh, in the, in that Portugal side. And uh, although I will say, you know, I, I love Jose Font still, but it's really really easy to kind of get on his back when he. He gets kind of yeah. turned over like that. It just it. There's a little bit of satisfaction there for me, but then I go like, "But I loved you for so long. Like it's hard. It's hard for me yeah. to, to to do that." But um, 
but yeah, yeah like Tadic is the only attacking player we have. So definitely, I think uh, getting getting some players that could that could fulfill that role or be in that in that mm-hmm. spot uh, would 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 be good. But I, we'll have to kind of wait and see. I don't know if that's gonna what we're gonna do. You know, it's it's been quiet and it's been uh, I don't know. I'm, I've been waiting and it's like just just anything. And there's so many rumors out there that it's just it's hard to to make sense out of what's exactly kind of going on because none of it's coming from the club. So. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, some things that may happen today we we should get the uh the the kit announcement uh, i don't know if you saw the video yesterday uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> do we make do we do we as fans just make too much of a big deal about about stuff like this everybody trying to figure it out or what what do you think oh uh, yeah i think, I it, think they do don't they yeah i think so and i think too much, too much the social, the social media team are brilliant but tell us the stuff they release is hilarious um they do a great job every year they seem yeah. to be getting better and better I don't think there's any other club that do it quite like us. Um, but I think they, <laughs> because there is such a fuss being made, I think they're playing up to it as well. Right. Like, you know, yeah, it's absolutely. quite funny, really. It's like almost banterous and bit back and forth. They're going to whine, you know. I've so many tweets this morning I was reading through. People are like, come on, I want to know what it is, come on. Yeah, Even though everyone pretty much knows what it is already. Um, they still want absolute confirmation that that is going to be the new Hampshire, the one that that guy's wearing in Australia. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just a bit over the top, and I don't really care. I'm just red and white. It's got Saints badge on. Right. I'm more worried about who's in it wearing it rather yeah. than you know. Actually, what it looks yeah, like. Yeah. yeah, I say every year. I'm not buying it this year. I don't like it. Against all yeah, against the preseason game, I come out with one. Yeah, so. there's there's been a a pretty consistent. Uh, trend over the last few years of my mother-in-law getting me a one of them for my birthday every year and then me waiting till the end of the season and buying it when it goes on on sale yeah. uh buying the other one um i was really i was really kind of upset this this last season when i you know i bought i bought one that was on sale when it was they were 50 percent off and then no like it the day it arrived the price dropped to 75 percent off and i just went like oh what am i doing because the the shipping to get it over here is like twelve pounds, so it's like I have to like bundle everything together because I'm not going to pay twelve pounds for a, you know, for a, a pair of, a pair of socks, you know, because that's, that's just fine. not it's not worth yeah. it. But um, when it got here, I was like, man, I could have bought another another you know something else. But oh, 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 oh well. Is there is there anything else you guys would like to talk about? Is there anything else you'd like to say um, before we kind of wrap this up? Well, I think uh, defensively, I think Saints uh, need to look at tightening the defense up. We did leak a few too many goals last season, and uh, you know Jan Bednarik is a good good defender. But I, I still think that uh, you know Virgil Van Dijk with him going, we're not going to replace him as such. But I still think that uh, another central defender would be would be worth having, don't you, Dan? Yeah, well, yeah, we've still got a lot of money, haven't we? Yeah. Um, and it's made, 50, 50 million or so, is it? Yeah, Still so, left kicking around. Yeah, I mean, there's been some names linked. Um, mm. Alfie Mawson at Swansea. I'm, I'm a big fan of his. I think yeah. he's really talented. He's young, English too, um, mm. which we, uh, seems to be something that the club likes to, you know, well, be proud of in the fact that we normally create our own. I know he wouldn't be. Um, but yeah, no, he's been linked, which I'm a fan of his. And there's some of those links. Um, ben Gibson ben at Gibson, Middlesbrough. Yeah. Sure. Uh, yeah, I think we were linked with um, last season, um, obviously, in the knowledge that um, Middlesbrough were you know, going down. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we were linked with him, and he, he seems quite you know, sturdy. He's all back. Yeah, like your, I guess, prototypical English defender, you know, solid as a rock, will throw his head in any, anywhere, you know. Um, but yeah, I, think, I think he could be quite a good pickup. Um, well, am I right in saying? Am I right in saying that Tony Pulis was coaching Middlesbrough? And is that right? Yeah. So, yeah. And if you're a center back in a Tony Pulis squad, you better be, yeah. you better be that. So uh, he'll be, he, he will definitely sure up some things. Maybe not as uh, as expansive or as exciting as uh, a Virgil Van Dyke. He probably won't stride forward a whole lot, but that'll be okay too. I don't know. I, don't know. I think the strikers under Pulis are probably, um, well, they're probably originally defenders. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, one thing I was going to say about um, didn't mention well, the fact that when you're at the game, how you keep track of it. You obviously you listen to the radio yeah, commentary. Yeah, okay, uh, I was going to ask. I was going to, I was going to ask that. So can you can you explain a little bit how 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 you keep track of the game? Yeah, I've got a, a radio office and I, I listen to radio silent commentary, 
And in fairness, I think the fact that I can't see, I probably see more than the people that can see because with the radio, I know exactly where the ball is and who's got it. And, you know, often people say, oh, what happened, Steve? What happened? You know, and I, you know, I've quickly tried to decipher because I'm, I'm intent on listening to the game. Well, you've got your headphones on. You, you obviously didn't realise it because it's blaring, but he'll, he'll be trying to tell his result with the other, uh, another game. And it, literally, like, you could hear him from our house here. West <laughs> <laughs> like, Ham's like, winning. I was like, yeah, Dad, it's right. I'm right here. Not shut my head off, please. <laughs> well, that's because I've, I'm, obviously I'm listening to the, uh, the commentary and I, I feel like I, I, that I have to talk above what, what I'm hearing oh, so I can be heard. It's certainly cheap. So it's definitely, it's louder. Uh, yeah. yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. But no, I think um, sometimes, well, most of the time, you you say, obviously, helps you keep track of the game better. I think you actually remember, you know, your memory's ridiculous. Like you, you tell me intricate parts of a game from like last September. I was like, I can't remember what I did last week, let alone then. I don't know, you know, I guess the radio plays a part. Sure, um, I, I think the fact that you're speaking, it's, yeah. you know, speaking to me all the time, and <clears throat> you, you tend to keep hold of what you've heard. Yeah, and then... Whereas if you see it, you tend to forget it. Don't yeah, you? and then, well, particularly, it happened, not so much now, but like, for away games, obviously, the, the local commentary that Dad gets, um, you know, you can't get it up other parts of the country. No. Um, so he'll, well, most of the time... Either we'll like Google um, the radio frequency so we can tune into the, you know, whether it's the local station. Yeah, yeah. Radio Merseyside, Radio Manchester, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll you know, tune in that way. But quite often I send an email out. Um, there's an email, uh, there's a website rather called Level Playing Field. And it's a really good resource for any, you know, disabled fans. It's basically got like a list of all, all sports as well. I think it's just in this country. Um, but it's got like the contacts for all like the um, disability reps at the Premier League clubs. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, so I send an email um, out to someone, um, whatever contacts on the site for say, I don't know, for example, say we're going to Newcastle. Um, mm-hmm. I'll send an email out to them about a week before, um, give them our ticket details um, and they'll basically bring a radio up um, well, that's the idea, and that's why I try and give the um, <laughs> seats. But I think some of them students seem to be a bit lazy and they won't do it. So you have to traipse around like Huddersfield last year was a nightmare. <laughs> Nearly missed the game. I just, you know, it was about five to three. Got on the ground, no radio. I had to, they made me go all the way outside the back of the ground through this like iron gate thing, running around the ground, right around the other side to get the radio, then run back in. And that was chaotic. Um, sure. But there's times like, well, as I say, more more so, I think when we were in the lower leagues, like the radios, they'd all be the same, and like literally all every single club used the same type of radio. And you just the moment it got handed to me, I thought, oh, no, that's not going to work. Them. They never work. No, never ever work. Or if they do, they soon cut out. Or there's problems with it, of some sort. Right. Um, quite a lot of the times, I've, I've, I've stepped in. Yeah, I do contact for my dad, which um, which is I, I, to be honest, I enjoy it. Um, sure. You know, Dad's that's him. He was, I'm grateful for you. Yeah, he's always apologising because you know, apologizing you know, you know he doesn't want to be ruined for me. But I, sure. I, I really like it. I think it actually um, probably helps me taking the game better. You see, you see you know, it, it's it's maybe. Yeah, sure. yeah, definitely. Um, you know, it means you've got to concentrate more as well. Obviously, sure. you're, you're well, you're depending on me, aren't you? Yeah, that's right. You're um, telling me what's going on. Yeah, and, uh, yeah exactly. So, so you, 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 you read your the eyes of the game. Yeah, sure. But. I don't know. I think some people, because obviously Dad, he doesn't, it's not obvious that he's blind at all. Um, and, you know, if it wasn't for the stick, I think some people just think, you know, you know it's normal, well, not normal, but <laughs> just an average guy, um, <laughs> average Joe. But, you know, so I'll be commentating to him and I'll have people look round at me like I'm an absolute moron. Like, what, what is he doing? Why is he doing that? That's awesome. Um, I don't know. I, I just appreciate you guys taking like being willing to talk and, and being willing to share and, and all that stuff. And I think, uh, 
you know, having just interacted with you a few times, Dan, uh, back and forth on Twitter and stuff like that. Like it's, uh, I don't know, it's a special thing I think that you guys have. And, uh, yeah. just, yeah. I don't know, just you guys both seem like, like great people. And I, I hope that you continue to enjoy, uh, the matches and the time together and, and, and all of that stuff. And hopefully, uh, Dan, if you keep Meg around long enough, maybe you'll, uh, be able to bring another one uh, along in a few, in a few years. Um, but no, you gotta get the... <laughs> no, 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 I'm not, I'm not pressuring you as a, I know that as you mentioned earlier, you know, sometimes there are, there's, there's conflict and there's, you know, uh, between father and son. And it's, I think it's all part of it. It's nice to see you guys have, have made uh, football and in and, and your relationship kind of, uh, all, all that it is. So I appreciate it. And, uh, thank you. All right. Well, guys, thank you so much again. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Do. Take care. Speak yeah. soon. All the best, mate. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers. Bye. See you later. See ya. And that does it for this episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope that you enjoyed it. Special thanks goes out to my guests this week, Steve and Dan Jarvis. You can find them on Twitter at Steve Jarvis SFC and at Dan Jarvis SFC 91. Special thanks to them for being willing to share their story. Uh, not all of what happened uh, was expected. And so it was kind of nice to, to get that. And I hope that you enjoyed them uh, and, and their story and hearing about the relationship. And I hope that if you see them out, you will say hello uh, and befriend them because I think they're well worth it. But um, moving on towards the credits, you can also find this show on Twitter or Instagram. We're at SFCDELL uh, underscore IVERY. Uh, we're also on Facebook at facebook.com slash SFC delivery. There is no underscore in the Facebook address. And we always encourage you to get in contact with any questions or comments you may have about the show. Uh, let us know what you think. Leave a review on iTunes. That actually really helps. Uh, and share the show with your friends. Um, I always do appreciate that. And it helps uh, spread the show to other people, obviously, uh, and, and help spread the word about the show. So, uh, the artwork for the show is done by Matt Beeling of the We Are Southampton page on Instagram. Uh, for all your match day edits, polls, competitions, and more, be sure to check out the We Are Southampton page on Instagram. Also, this podcast is partnered with the Southampton page. So, for all your Southampton FC news and needs, be sure to visit the Southampton page on Twitter. Instagram or Facebook, uh, you will not be disappointed. Uh, join the over 18,000 fans following on Instagram uh, to keep up with all the news that is happening. The music for this show comes courtesy of the Free Music Archive at freemusicarchive.org. The intro song is Epic Song by Boxcat Games. And the end of show credits that you're listening to now is Aim is True by Pod and Tim Bear. Uh, like I said before, you can follow the show on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. You can subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Acast, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, or wherever you get your podcast. There are links in the show notes to all that we talked about today, or you can simply search Delivery with two L's uh, wherever you listen. So uh, we'll be back next week. And until then, remember that together, we march on.